football frenzy. The football frenzy on Cofield and Company. Company. Yeah, that was an abrupt ending to last hour, so just to follow up, I think anyone from a religion or race apologizing because of the misdeeds of, you know, someone else in that group is a little overboard. And you're right. They, I got a little Twitter-fied there by saying Keyshawn's being stupid. It was unnecessary, is what you wanted to say. The apology was unnecessary. Yeah, it doesn't make sense to me. I, I got what Xavier was saying. It was interesting because he said he had said, you know, it, my insinuation off of Xavier's explanation was that if you're doing that, there's an underlying guilty conscience. We're talking about Kanye, by the way. Yeah. And, and I, that Keyshawn feels bad for Max Kellerman, right. who is of the Jewish faith. By the way, not there's well, whatever. Yeah. He's going to get into there's a, there's a whole debate about uh, ethnicity. Right. Ethnicity, religion, right. Hebrew, Jewish. Right. But, right. Okay, he's obey, but Max just kept So he apologized to Max on behalf like as if he's responsible for Kanye uh, and yeah. Kanye's responsible. And the worst part about this is people are feeling bad about it who are African American. I think this is all some like hokey bit. But it's incredibly damaging because you can see when you when you basically say, "Hey, it's time to launch an action against a, an entire group of people." Yeah, we we've already seen we've already seen this happen where you know there's basically a call to arms a couple of years ago, and then people went and we had an insurrection. So people listen to this stuff, and for famous people, they listen to the stuff, and Kanye can have a lot of effect. So I don't know what his end game is here, but I was glad Adidas. Moved on. I'm glad a lot of athletes are like, yeah, I don't want to be associated with that. A lot of this started, and it's been kind of buried now because so much has happened since. But Everett Carter and LeBron had the guy on their show, and, you know, this was shortly after he, you know, he, he started saying the stuff, and they were like, we're not airing the show. We, we are not down with what, what he was saying. So we're not even putting this on the air. This was on the shop. Yeah. It is. I mean, and, 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 um, I don't want people to misconstrue what Steve is saying when he says hokey bit, but you have to, you know, when you when you look at the complexion of this, not to use a pun, but it it seems as if now what what you don't want is the black community or the African American race to all of a sudden now all of a sudden you open the door for the white supremacists, right? Because two years ago, three years ago, the shoe was on the other foot. Now, all of a sudden, it opens the door to allow all the blacks against the Jewish people. And it's just, it's, it's very, it doesn't need to get to that level. And when Keyshawn apologized, it was the first thing I thought was like, wow, you're, you know, you sort of opened the door as if, I don't know. I just, I understood where he was coming from because he just, maybe because he felt bad for his partner, his, you know, one of his three, his two co, his two other co-hosts. With Jay Will and Max, Max Kellerman, because Max kept introducing the story, the top of each hour, and he'd throw the line in, and I'm Jewish. So maybe Keyshawn felt like he had to step in and say something. I don't know. I, I don't know what, what the thought process I believe it was Monday. I'll it was Monday or Tuesday. It. it was Monday or Tuesday. Yeah, our, uh, our sound crew is going to pull a little bit of um, Rob Parker and Broussard. Mm. I was listening to them yesterday after our show, and they were. They were good. Yeah, I mean, they were bringing it in terms good. of covering the issue yeah. about Kanye. And, they're, you know, I think both are in L.A., so they saw that whole thing on the 405. So it's a it's a fascinating story. I've talked to Chris Roussard in person when he'd been out here for the NBA Summer League, and he's they were passionate, a fascinating man. guy to talk they were, to. They yeah. were passionate. They were about, about that, they were really passionate. Yeah. 
No, I was just saying, I I actually enjoyed when they were both on on ESPN. They were because they were they do a good they show. were straightforward. Yeah, go and, listen yeah, to yeah, go listen to back. Fox Sports when we you know it's on. There's no hockey on. They do a really good show. When you think about the the people that were they were very straightforward, didn't hold back, and, and spoke with their from their heart, they you could really feel their passion. They're no longer with them, right? Michael Smith, Jamel Hill, Rob Parker, Chris Bouchard. I mean, whether you agree with any of their views or not, point is, if you're on one side or the other of their opinion. That just means they were speaking straightforward, and they're no longer with them. Well, their loss has been Fox Sports Radio's benefit because they uh, they moved that lineup, and it's uh, it's pretty damn good. So, like I say all the time, I listen to a lot of Fox. I you know I appreciate our partnership with ESPN National, and you know here on ESPN Las Vegas, but I like a lot of the stuff that Fox Sports Radio puts on. So, some headlines at three. You know, basketball season's coming up, Willie, for college. Mm-hmm. So, yesterday and the day before was around uh, Lady Rebels and Running Rebels, and Lady Rebels are picked, no shocker, to win the Mountain West Conference. Amazing. So they, they, are, they have arrived. In a short amount of time, Lindy LaRock has done a really good job, right, going into her third year here. Made the NCAA tournament. The first year turnaround, I think it was maybe even more amazing than last year. Well, they were picked ninth. Yeah, I mean, they, you know, there was a reason that they moved on from Kathy Olivia, and I like Kathy, but it, it wasn't going well, and Lindy came in and immediately got it done and then adds all these transfers in, and uh, they got a really nice team. We're going to talk more about the Lady Rebels tomorrow. Uh they both open on the same day. They both open on November 7th. And for folks who want to listen to the game, the Runner Rebels game, that'll be here on ESPN Las Vegas. If you want to watch on TV, part of this Silver State Sports and Entertainment Network is picking up a lot of the ladies' games and picking up the men's games that may not be picked up nationally. So if I'm correct, that's actually going to be a doubleheader on Fox 5.2 and Cox 125 on November 7th. Women play at 515. Men play at 7:15. So unless the women's game goes into you know triple overtime, you're gonna have a back-to-back situation there. So that's cool. The ladies have an exhibition game coming up. I think it's Chico State on Wednesday next week. The men are playing closed-door scrimmages. They've got another one coming up this weekend. They already played a Big West team. Next up is a Big Sky team. And when we had a chance to talk to Kevin Kruger yesterday. This part of the conversation uh, talks about you know, what you're going to be looking for in this game against the Big Sky team after having played one scrimmage already. Canada, everybody was going to get pretty much equal minutes, and we were going to mix lineups up and, and just get everybody uh, opportunity and everybody on film and how the, scr- the two scrimmages are going to be a little closer to probably what it will be like on game night. And then, uh, of course, you know, at that point, we'll probably, you know, the, the minutes will go up for certain guys and, and probably down for others. But that's what the scrimmages are for, still to kind of give guys opportunity to go against somebody they're not familiar with. And uh, so, again, everybody's going to play, but this will be probably a little more farther from Canada, closer to the first trip, where, um, you know, you're going to have an opportunity to kind of play through a mistake or two. Do you envision having Jackie and Keyshawn out there? at the same time and maybe starting? I don't think there's really any two guys that we've looked at and said that there's no scenario where they couldn't be out there together. Um, but with the way Jackie scores it and his offensive abilities, I think uh, there's a lot of things that him and Keyshawn Gilbert will be able to do. Where is Jackie defensively? Good. Yeah, it's one of those things, again, coming from a different style and scheme that it's taken it took a little bit of time but the best part about Jackie is he's wanting to do better every day so his progress from beginning of the summer where he was kind of just learning the whole time to where he's at now is definitely a huge step and if he can do make the same progress before January then 
uh, he's going to have a, a lot of fun. Aside from learning the system, what did he need to kind of clean up defensively? Well, I think a lot of it was just what really was based on system, coming from kind of more of a pack line mentality where everything, I mean, is pretty much flipped on the opposite of uh, the way we do it. Uh, a lot of it just kind of came down to, you know, those habits and those instincts kicking in, um, you know, that you, he'd been at Duquesne for an entire year. You know, year's worth of terminology and experience is hard to, it's hard to just completely reboot. And so I think a lot of it just kind of came down to, to you know, getting his habits more towards what we try to do as opposed to what he had uh, tried to do in the past. It's going to be one of the stories to follow, Willie, is who gets to play in the backcourt because Keyshawn Gilbert is returning as the potential starting point guard. They still have Jordan McCabe to be in the mix. Jackie Johnson is much needed for getting downhill. He's one of the guys who can turn the corner, very fast, powerful. And, you know, I, I ask these questions for a reason. How is he defensively? You're not getting on the floor a whole lot unless you're like a 25-point-per-game guy, um, if you don't play defense. So Jackie Johnson at 5'11", 205, is going to have to play defense, a little undersized from a height standpoint, um, and it'll be – we'll watch early in the season. I, I think they're going to play a myriad of lineups. Isaiah Cottrell is probably not going to be ready for the beginning of the season because he's got an injured foot, hurt that in Canada. Um, they're trying to kind of streamline things. You, you heard Kevin Kruger say, hey, in Canada, you know, we let guys kind of – you know, work into their roles. or You know, we wanted to see what they could do, and that's why that trip was so valuable mm-hmm. in August. But now that the season is upon us, you're, you're trying to pare down to an eight- or nine-man rotation, figure how you're going to play big and small lineups because that's going to rotate throughout the season and who's going to get a lot of the time in the backcourt. And they're going to defend, but they got to find a way to score because Bryce Hamilton's not around anymore. Well, see, and my thought process was you asked that question because they need to defend, they're going to score. So they they've... They've done their recruiting. They're, they're going to put points on the board, but are they going to be a good team defensively? Because they need to be when they play those rugged teams, when they go on those rugged trips, especially to Laramie, especially to Logan, right? And they go down to San Diego. Are they going to be able to defend? My That's my question, Is is and I think that's why you asked it, is I think that's the big question mark going in. Can they be a consistent defensive team? Join Cofield and company on Fridays for the 3-6 to six show at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. There's nothing like a football Friday at Treasure Island. We just can't hurt ourselves with penalties. And it takes, again, an offensive football. It takes all 11 doing right. And when all 11 do right, we believe that we should have a successful play. If we can keep doing that, hopefully we can have success. But this team that we're playing this week is unbelievable in situational football. Now, back to the William Hill Sportsbook Inside Silver 7s with Cofield and company. Raiders quarterback Derek Carr on the way back. Raiders a road favorite at New Orleans. The number sits at William Hill right here at Silver 7s at 1.5. we got Thursday night football going down tonight. Bucks are 2 at William Hill. Total 46.5. That's up just a little bit. Ravens Bucks Thursday night football 77 cent beers really cool stuff going on this weekend courtesy of your Southern Nevada Toyota dealers to meet the player Saturday at multiple locations uh, one of the spots Demond will be on the scene from over at Raider Nation Radio 920 230 to 430 meet Demond and Riley Smith he's the player Centennial Toyota and a 95 in Centennial Hills again Centennial Toyota and a 95 230 to 430 Riley Smith will be there. Free autographs. You can get a photo. They'll have some free food from Porta Subs. 
and Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers and Crumble Cookies. Again, Saturday, Centennial Toyota. Riley Smith on the scene from the Knights from 2.30 to 4.30. Let's get into a little more football here. Let's talk some Raiders. I want to talk Packers and Aaron Rodgers. And James Jones is up with us, former NFL player. Does fine work in the media. San Jose State guy joins Steve and Willie in Vegas. How are you, sir? What's going on, man? How you doing? We're good. We're good. We're excited for this New Orleans game, but uh, for the Raiders. But first, I want to get into what's going on with the Packers. And I, I don't know if you saw it. Did you see Kurt Warner said that maybe Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers need to retire soon? <laughs> I, that's that's my reaction too. I mean, I guess that's what it's looking like, huh? especially how both of them is playing out there and how their teams are doing. But, no, man, I think I don't know if I like that uh, take with Kurt Warner, man. I think it's still a lot of football left in both those guys. Okay, with Rodgers, what are you seeing here? You played the position. It feels like he's really frustrated in terms of trust with his receivers. What are you seeing with Aaron Rodgers? He is frustrated, man, and it's, you know, it's, you can see it on the football field, man, and it's it's crazy because, like, you would think, like, it would be a little bit better now, you know what I mean, with the chemistry and all that, with the new guys that he has and with the young guys that he has. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say I was one of them ones saying that, you know, it's just going to click right away and you're just going to get super chemistry out of this. I, I knew this was going to happen. I knew that Aaron Rodgers and I knew that this offense would, would struggle early in the football season trying to find their way. You know what I mean? Trying to get chemistry with the young guys, trying to see what they want to look like on the offensive side of the ball, and that's exactly what it is. And to be to be brutally honest with you, I mean, this could they could be playing bad football right now and not having the chemistry that they want. And if they make one or two plays, I mean, they're they're winning they're winning the last three games they played. So, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you just got to make the plays when they're there, and they're not doing that right now. James, I, I, last year, you know, the big question mark going into the season or going into training camp, you know, is Aaron Rodgers won't even want to be there. What's going to go on, you know, um, with with his deal and so on and so forth. This year he goes in and he doesn't have Devontae. Is, how much is the, the entire infrastructure could it be messing with him mentally and just, you know, frustrating is one thing, but – I mean, this could go back to last year, and now he's just kind of thinking. And you know, in Kurt Warner saying retire, maybe he's just his mind is like, I don't want to be here. Could, is that possible? Well, no, I don't think that's possible. And talking to Aaron and being Aaron's friend, I mean, to be honest with you, right now, I mean, he's loving playing football. You know, he doesn't really. I don't want to say he don't care who's out there. You know what I mean? Because he he want to win, but. You know, he doesn't care if, you know, if the young guys go out there with him. He's loving, he's loving playing football right now. I don't get to take from him that, you know, he's got the mindset of why and all that type of stuff. Speaking of former Raider, Packer, wide receiver, Central State, James Jones. James, let's move to Las Vegas. Um, you know, the AFC West was supposed to be the, the cream of the crop this year. Um, you know, the Chargers were supposed to be running away with it. The Chiefs were going to be clinging, possibly. The Raiders contending. The Broncos with Russell Wilson. Oh, my. This division is upside down. Uh, first, your thoughts on the division, and then your Raider, the Raiders at 2-4. and four. Well, this whole NFL season is upside down, fellas, because I, 
I don't really know what to make of none of that. I mean, we got the NFC East looking like the best division in football. We got the West looking like the worst division in football. It's, it's just crazy right now, man. We got the Jets on a winning streak. It's just it's just a bunch of crazy stuff going on in the NFL right now. But, man, to be honest with you, man, I mean, I am surprised how the Broncos look with Russell Wilson, number one. I, like, I, I am surprised. I did not think they would look this bad. Now, I kind of felt like the same thing. I felt like the Packers offense, right? You're not just going to bring Russell Wilson in there and then Jerry, Judy, and Corlin Sutton and all this. They just 40 points a game. I didn't expect that. But I expected them to look better than this. You know what I mean? And, that, and that's shocking to me. And Keenan Allen for the, for the Chargers, man, that's a big blow. People don't understand, man. That's your star receiver out of there. You know what I mean? The security blanket for, for Herbert. He's been out, you know, since week one, and that offense has not looked the same. Herbert has not looked the same. You know, so that's that. And, man, I was one of those ones that, like, man, the Kansas City Chiefs, out of all three of these teams in the division, they got the worst roster. <laughs> they might have the best quarterback, but they got the worst roster. I felt like the Broncos were more talented than them. The Raiders were more talented than them. The Chargers were more talented than them. And they basically said, J.J., shut up. <laughs> we are still the top dog in this division, and everybody got to come get us. And then for the Raiders, man, I love the way we're playing football right now. Obviously, we lost a couple close ones that put us in a hole to have us out a two and four record. But there's not a lot of teams in the National Football League that know exactly who they are on offense right now. And the Raiders do. Josh Jacobs got it going. He's running out of his mind right now. They play action pass. It's phenomenal with Devontae Adams and Derek Carr. They they got it cooking, man. Thirty plus points a game. You can't ask for none better than that. You know what I mean? We get some takeaways. And, and that defense start oiling up some, some corrections. This team is on the right track, man, to, to get on a winning streak here. He does the Silver and Black Show with Amber Thea Harris on Raiders.com, former NFL receiver James Jones up with Cofield and company. I, I find the, the uh, Josh Jacobs story this year pretty freaking cool. The guy's carrying the team. He's having a monster year. Can you explain what it's like for a player to try to not take it personally when, you know, in his case, his fifth-year option didn't get picked up? Is it just, you know, hey, I just focus on on me? Because I think there's a lot of guys who may have gone into the freaking, you know, into the dumps after not getting the fifth-year option picked up, and instead it's driven him to a great year. Yeah, no. Number one, I don't care what player you are. I don't care what you say. You are definitely hot about it that they did not pick up your fifth year option right i don't care who you are right because that's basically saying we don't think you're that good yet or we don't think you're good enough for us to pay you and pick up your option or give you another contract and josh said okay y'all don't think so watch this (laughs) you know what i'm saying and he is the best player on the football field every time they take the football field this offense is going through josh and josh is running like that man josh ain't been tackled by one guy all season he runs through arm tackles. I mean, he's breaking three or four tackles. You see the burst, you know, in and after the run. I mean, he's catching passes out of the backfield. I mean, he's just showing them that he's a total back. And if Josh wasn't playing as well, this team probably would have one win, man. You know, Josh is really carrying this team right now. And, you know, it's kind of like that Lamar Jackson. They better pay him because there he gained the price go up. Yep. Well, that's where I was going. Could you see – I mean, you know, these guys come from – the Patriots program, could you see Jacobs going out and putting up like 1,500 yards care. receiving and I, rushing, and, I, and, then the, and then McDaniel's like, yeah, we just don't pay running backs, man. I don't care. We're not paying someone $12 million a year. I don't care what program you come from. <laughs> the way Josh is playing football right now, 
you will be stupid to think that. You know, because then when you come back in for the for the for the next season, right? You are going to set Derek Carr back, Devontae Adams back, everybody back, trying to go running back by committee. The reason why this offense is succeeding right now is because now you have to add another guy in the box to account for Josh Jacobs, and that is allowing Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro. And we haven't even had Waller and Renfro and Devontae out there all season long together consistently. You know, once we do that and you start getting people in these zone coverages, cover three, and you start getting them in this man-to-man because they got to account for Josh, then, you know, buckle your seatbelt because it's going to be hard to stop the Raiders. Speaking of James Jones, former Raiders, Packers, receivers, and the state, also guest host, right? Co-host. Regular host. Co-host. Regular host on Raiders.com with, with Amber. Excuse me, not yep. guest. Co-host yep. with Amber. Uh James, so we've been having an ongoing conversation this week. Um, I want to get your take on it. On the analytics, numbers, grades, the sites outside of organizations that put these up. There's the NFL Outsiders, Pro Football Focus, Pro Football Reference. They have their subscription sites. They do these grades. They do this. I asked Josh McDaniels yesterday, do you take an account to that? Do you have your own? I asked the players, do you pay attention to them? Many of the veterans said when they were younger, they most certainly did. Devon Diablo, second-year player, said last year he did. Start of this season he did. No longer. The veterans, no way. Don't even pay attention to it. I just want to know what the coaches have to say. They have their grades. Where are you on with these sites? I get it. They put a lot of money and invest a lot into get this data to the, to the NFL. But as McDaniel said, there's a lot of things they don't see. Coverages, schemes, schematics. Where are you when it comes to these sites with grades and numbers? Man, to be honest with you, <laughs> I didn't really pay no attention to it when I played because my job was to catch the ball, score touchdowns, break some tackles, right? Uh, analytics really can't help me. <laughs> you know what I mean? If I drop it, I'm not doing my job. You know what I mean? If I catch it and make some hay after and, and score and all that, I'm doing my job. That's the only thing that I was worried about. To be honest with you, man, the only thing that I cared about and the only thing that I paid attention to when they did bring up all these analytics and you got this percentage to win and all that when you do that, the only thing I paid attention to was the turnovers because that was the only thing that really stood out to me and let me know winning or losing, right? If we go out there and the other team got more takeaways than us, 99% of the time you lose that game. If you come out of there with more takeaways, you win that game. So I was just focused on doing my job, and I was focused on the offense not turning to Rocco. Uh, let's close on this, James. Are you going to the San Jose State game on Saturday? Am I going to the state game this Saturday? Yeah. No, I'm not going to the one this Saturday, but I'll be calling the one next Saturday. Okay. Um, your tragic situation, they're going to play against Nevada. They missed a game last week. They uh, wound up postponing against yeah. Nevada. And, you know, they got a lot of football left to play. They're going to have to get off the deck here. They're playing good football. But, man, that's that's something I can't even imagine having a fight through is have a, you know, a teammate pass away. Yeah, man. One of his brothers, man, I mean, he was a great kid. I met him a couple times. And, you know, I just pray for his family. You know, that, that that's a tough loss. I know the I know the kids are taking it extremely hard, you know, and, you know, it's tough, it's tough to get out there and go play a football game, man, without your brother and a guy that you've been in the trenches with, battling with, and built a relationship with. So, you know, just talking to those guys out there, man, they're trying to work through it, trying to get through it, and trying to make sure his family's good and everything's all right. You know, hopefully they can find a way to play and win the ball game. James, we appreciate a couple of minutes. Thank you so much. Not a problem, brother. There he is, James Jones, former receiver.
at San Jose State. Raiders, Packers is a part of the Packers Radio Network, does work for Raiders.com. Yeah, Camden McWright was the player who passed away uh, right before the game against New Mexico, was actually hit on a scooter on campus and, and passed away. I think he was 19 years old. To mention football here with San Jose State, they are one of the favorites now to win the West Division, but they still have, I, mean, I assume they're going to have to, well, it's a crossover game to the other division, but I assume if they can, they're going to try to reschedule the New Mexico game that got postponed. they got a lot of football left to play here. Yeah. And this weekend, they're at home. That'll be a really emotional spot against Nevada. Colorado State after that, but then at San Diego State, at Utah State, and Hawaii. So they got a lot of work to get done now, and now they've had this incredibly tragic wrench thrown into the mix. So we'll see what Brent Brennan comes up with. Cofield and Company is broadcasting live at Twin Peaks and Henderson for Monday Night Football. Join us every Monday from 2 to 5 p.m. Outing guides it towards center. It's Kessel. Coming ahead. Kessel closes in towards the net. He shoots. He scores. Goal 400 in consecutive game 990. His first strike as a member of the Golden Knights. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver Sevens, it's Cofield and Company. Let's get to a little Golden Knights here in just a second. Dan Duva there on the call. Willie, Cofield, we're hanging out Thursday night football, getting ready for the Bucks and the Ravens shortly after the show. About 5.15, 5.20 on the kickoff. We got Raiders injury update in today? We do. Uh, looks like... Two of the players who did not participate, Cleveland Farrell and Jonathan Abram, yesterday were limited today. Everybody else's status stayed the same in terms of not participating. Devontae Adams, Tashawn Bauer, and Divine Diablo, they did not participate. Um, Devontae and Bauer due to illness. Diablo back in ankle. Derek Carr was limited yesterday with a back injury. He was a full participant today. Hunter Renfro Hip kept him limited yesterday. He was a full participant. There are a slew of Raiders altogether on the injury report. Um, only two didn't, or three didn't participate. A lot of limited, like I said, in the updated that were full were Carr and Renfro. I don't foresee. I don't know what's going on with Adams and Bauer as far as what the illness is. Like I said at the top, uh, COVID. They have to report that. I don't think it's that. Um, could be anything. Um, a bug or something going around. Um, Divine Diablo, I interviewed him yesterday. He seemed to be fine and in good spirit. So tomorrow's a real update where you get the sort of get an idea and they'll put the game status out there. Um, as far as the Saints are concerned, Jameis Winston was a full participant with his back and ankle. Um, he's the main name on their injury report. You heard Golden Knights coming in. Yeah. They got games coming up on Friday and Sunday. The day off, some player appearances around town. I just mentioned Riley Smith at Centennial Toyota. So Southern Nevada Toyota dealers have a couple of different spots where you can meet the players. Uh, RTHD, Ryan the Hockey Guy, is going to be out 130 to 3.30. AutoNation Toyota on West Sahara near Rainbow. Alec Martinez is going to be there. So free autographs, pictures, free food from Raisin Cane's, crumble cookies, port of subs. Saturday. Saturday, 130 to 3.30. AutoNation Toyota on West Sahara near Rainbow. So tomorrow's game is big. It's an early start. Right now, coming out of the gates, Knights are playing really well. What are some of the keys so far that you've seen from Cassidy that has them off to a good start? 
Well, their defensive, the change in the defensive scheme in which Cassidy has them playing, and just you know, I mean, they're they're getting the they're certainly clearing the puck better, and they're moving in transition. He put the misfit line back together. Um, I, I've somewhat been impressed with William Carlson to start off. I think that he, in the back of his mind, he he knows this is a year where he has to sort of cement his place in this on this team as one of the forwards. I mean, we we. Everybody fell in love with William Carlson the opening year, right? 43 goals, the whole misfit thing, and then him and Marchessault and Riley Smith were the top line. And over the years, with the transactions we've seen and the guys that have come in, they're, they're, you know, they've sort of shuffled their way down the, the forward line. It just goes to show the depth that it has. But I think the one name that continues to show up come trade deadline at the, you know, early in 2023 is, is William Carlson. And um, he's got a few goals. He's playing well. He's back with his line mates. And I think that's a good sign for him. Um, and I think that chemistry helps. The goaltending has been tremendous. Now, which we spoke with Bruce Cassie today. He had his, his availability. He talked about Laurent Brassois, who's going. He's, he's been practicing with the team again. He's, he's not going to be available for a, for a minute. But still, when he comes about, there is going to be the question – as he said in his words, LB has the experience, but these guys have had the playing time. These guys meaning Logan Thompson and Aiden Hill. And Logan Thompson is playing like a one. Aiden Hill's playing like a 1A. He's not even playing like a two. Um, it's real early to even breed the, word, the, the phrase Jennings Trophy, but, I mean, they're playing fantastic. They've had two tough games. Those are the games they've lost. They play decent competition, not great competition. The teams that they beat up on are probably lower tier. In the middle, there's a season-opening win against the Kings. The losses to the Flames and the Avalanche. But I think overall, it's a promising start to the season under a first-year coach with a lot of new tweaks to how this team approaches things. And coming off a year where these guys had to get back. I had a long talk with Alec Martinez today. Get back to game speed and get back to timing. Because they weren't able to do that until training camp. They were still sort of recovering through the summer. It's early. Do you feel anything different with this group in terms of cohesiveness off the ice? Because, yeah. I mean, at the end of the year last year, yeah. you, you had guys like Alec Martinez would say it openly. You had guys kind of looking around like, well, there's something missing here right. in our locker room and around the team. It feels different? No, it feels better. I actually, I, I mean, said, it's early. So I said it's that. not like you guys I, been in there all yeah, the time. No, I and I kept bringing that up in exit interviews that it didn't feel like you know teams, players that wanted to come here those first two years. It was all about the, that they hurt what they heard, the chemistry with this team, the the locker room, the off ice. How because they were a group of guys that weren't wanted, so they all sort of had shared that bond, and that includes Gallant with the way that he sort of was tossed to the side in Florida, left on the side of the road to find himself his own ride, right? The famous picture of him in a cab after a game. So they all had that bond, and I asked every single one of them during that exit interview last, you know, when once the season was over, it was like, hey, it, that just appears to be gone. I could be wrong, but is it gone? They kind of understood. Some of them said yes, yeah, some of them no. But it feels as if they're back to being normal. It feels like the new guys are part of it. Eichel, Kessel. Yep. Like it feels like it, it doesn't feel like the first year, but it feels as if these guys are all on the same page and they're all cohesive, to use your word, and they're all playing and associating on and off the ice in the locker room with the right chemistry. And that's the vibe that we look for now that locker rooms are open. 
daily happy hour specials from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m., including 277 for pint shots and margaritas at the William Hill Race and Sportsbook inside Silver Sevens. Oh, boy, it's going to be, honestly, it's going to be way closer than people realize. I think it's going to be a fantastic World Series. I think if you want to make some money, you're willing to wager a little bit more, I think you bet on the Phillies because I think they have a much better chance than people realize. I Like I said, I know and I get it. The Astros are the odds-on favorites, but I think the Phillies are much closer than people realize. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver Sevens, it's Cofield & Company. As a guy who knows both teams, former closer Brad Lidge, Astros, Phillies, long major league career out of what? Notre Dame, right, I think? Uh, Willie Ramirez is here. It's Cofield, Silver Sevens, getting ready for Thursday night football. Let's talk about the World Series, the Las Vegas Phillies. Fire away, Willie. Yeah, big. we got game one tomorrow, and, of course, we have some incredible local storylines. And joining us on the show is... I say legendary because, I mean, we go back, and this this dude has some roots in this town. Welcome to the show, Las Vegas High School Coach. Sam Thomas. Sam, how are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm, I'm really good. Thanks for uh, letting me be a part of it. Now, listen, I, I got a message in my ear with about 10 seconds before we come back. says, listen, do you got anything to promote? He said, no, anything but Willie. I take a little offense to that because, you know, when I when I when when people say Bryce Harper, oh, yeah, no, that was, you know, Bryce Harper's coach. I said, no, no, no. He's Sam Thomas's player. When people say, no, 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 that was Greg Maddox's catcher, I said, no, 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 that was Sam Thomas's battery mate. When they say legendary Roger Fairless, I said, no, 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 that was Sam Thomas's coach. I always make sure that they know that you were the man. They are well, where they are because you of you. Gotta, okay, so first off, you, you at least took my my comment um, the way it was intended. Um, that, that's good. So there was no miscommunication there, but... Um, <laughs> I, you know, I'm giving you a hard time, Willie, but no, I, I listen, I appreciate all that. But, uh, no, the guys that you mentioned right there, it's, uh, I'm just, <laughs> I mean, how fortunate am I, how, how fortunate am I to be, you know, to be able to be involved with those guys? It's, 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 it's wild, but I mean, like I said, when I started, to, you know, introduce you is the, the roots and the history. It's like I was telling Steve during the break, I mean, Donna and Charlie, first of all, how are Donna and Charlie? <laughs> they're doing well. They are, and I, and I will definitely tell them that you asked about them. So, yeah, no, they're, Don, they're doing very well. Don and Charlie are Sam's parents. They were original Las Vegas Star season ticket holders, and when they moved to the uh, to the ballpark, they were one of I think five or six season ticket holders that were offered to to, to get to pick their seats because right. of the yeah, longevity. Were, well, there were there were eight people, including my dad, that were still left at had season tickets from the from the start and wow. uh, i think it's down to six now unfortunately so um but uh no he, he is uh we went to four out of uh four games out of six to every series mm. and uh he's a celebrity out there <laughs> he is all right sam well let's get into it i mean it's you know you and i talked about a year and a half ago i was trying to work on a baseball project and it got so far I mean, I, I, I couldn't complete it, but we we, ha we talked about Las Vegas baseball. You had your thoughts, and, and, and you were my most compelling interview for that project because of your thoughts on just where baseball is turned. But 
you know, you always approached your program. You still do. You coached my nephew, right, Nick Wells. Um, yeah. Wasn't a big star, but, I mean, you've coached so many people in this town, and you've never lost sight of the sort of the pedigree where you learned from, from the old school day, our old school days, Paradise Valley and American National League. Those were the two big little leagues back then. And then coaching Bryce, you never treated him like the kid that was – on the cover of Sports Illustrated with the 500-foot home run. He was one of the Wildcats, and that's it. When you think about what's representing Las Vegas and a kid like Bryson Stott and a guy like Bryce Harper, what what do you think of? Oh, I, I mean, it, it's it's un... It, well, I shouldn't say that. It's not unbelievable. I mean, uh, Bryson was such a good player and, and then a standout at UNLV, and I mean... I mean, like I said, I mean, Bryce, Bryce is Bryce. And, I mean, he was – you could just tell that this kid was going to be something special. I mean, at least I could. And being fortunate enough to uh, – <laughs> I'm sorry, I have, a, I, have, I have company up here in the press box. So, um, But, uh, I mean, it was – coming from Roger Fairless, I mean, it's like – you know, that's just the way that I would, that's the only way that I was taught how to coach. And, you know, you coach the team and everybody that wants to be part of that team, they get treated the same. So, I mean, I, I, I hope, you know, I, I hope it works for every, it doesn't work for everybody, but I hope it works for those guys. Right. And, um, I mean, from my standpoint, I think it worked for uh, a lot more kids than, than it didn't. Sam, you know, and and we saw, you know, we saw obviously a, a bit of a eh, tenuous tenure, if you will, in Washington. But I, I tend to feel as if Bryce has grown, but he's also sort of felt a little more comfortable in Philadelphia. How have you seen his mature maturity grow? Uh, you know, that's that's a great point. I mean, uh, I was actually talking to somebody the other day, and. Um, his maturity is just off the charts, and you know. I, and the, the the reason it got brought up is because I said, you know, I, I referred to him as, you know, I love that kid, and then I had to stop myself because I said he's not a kid anymore. <laughs> you know, I mean, he, he is. He's a, he's a grown man. He's you know, he's, he's got a wife. He's got two kids, and I mean, just the way he's handling himself is just unbelievable. So, um, yeah, I think. I, I, I think he's comfortable. I think he likes that setting uh, even more so. Just my own opinion, because I really don't get into that stuff with uh, with Bryce. But I, I really think that he really enjoys the guys that he's around. Sam, and, and you know, I've been saying that if Bryson Stott was on a different team, he would not have had the runs that he did, the, the, the little breakouts here. He went on a little hitting streak, the walk-offs. You know, because Bryce has been there, um, to sort of be there for him to lean on. I also think that there's a part of Bryson Stott that's be- his presence has benefited Bryce. I, I can see that. I mean, like I said, I, I don't know. Um, honestly, I don't. I've never met um, off the field. I mean, I coached against Bryson, I think once. But um, you know, and, and his his mom. <clears throat> I do want to throw this in. He, he's got a. I mean, his mom's fantastic. Yep. You know, I mean, she's been teaching for years and stayed at El Dorado and uh, is a big part of that school. And she's a really good person. But, uh, you know, I don't know Bryson too well. Um, I, I think 
I mean, really, I, I don't know if I can answer that truthfully, but I will tell you this. Um, the thing that people don't understand about Bryce is what a tremendous teammate he is. Uh-huh. I mean, he really wants to see everybody succeed. And, and I mean, I, I, honest to God, it was um, his freshman year here. Um, he had a great support staff. I mean, there were, we had a group of seniors that um, that that basically kind of ran the team, and and Bryce was really comfortable with that. I mean, one of them was his brother. You know, one of the seniors was his brother Brian. Yeah, and that was a that was a really really good team that we had, and they all had expectations for each other. But then when when that senior class left and Bryce was here by himself, you know that exposed Bryce to even a better teammate because we didn't have the talent we had the year before and Bryce basically took it upon himself to lead these guys and wanted everybody to succeed and he was just a sophomore. So, um, I mean, he, he, he gets more satisfaction out of the team winning than his own deal. That, that I didn't know for sure. I'm sure that I don't have to ask you who you're pulling for. I think everybody in Las Vegas, unless you are a diehard Astros fan, should be pulling for the Phillies. Um, but I want to ask you this because you come from a time where really the start of the breakout stars of Las Vegas, that you know, Southern Nevada, I should say, where they you know, started emerging more and more. We had players probably before your time, but that, that would mean that Valley crew, I mean, Fairless's guys, um, the evolving – sort of role of Las Vegas and Southern Nevada in Major League Baseball as a whole. Um, the state of baseball where it's at in Southern Nevada, I know you have your opinions, you and I have discussed this, but as far as where it's at right now, Las Vegas, Southern Nevada baseball, your comments? Where it is right now? Yeah. Uh, I think we're on a, on a I think we're, we, we are finally starting to like have an uptick, so to speak. Um. We are uh, we are heavily um, we're heavy in travel and club baseball at the younger levels, and um, I mean I, I don't know if I mean I don't know if we touched on it with when you and I talked, but um, kids are getting away from the importance of high school baseball. Yeah, uh, spring it's more of a year-round thing, and it's my opinion that it's uh, it, it, it's hurting the sport. Um, the uh, the ideals of the game, uh, the fundamentals of the game, they're, they're not being addressed at a younger level, and uh, we're not getting we're getting away from playing the game right, and we're focusing too much on how hard do you throw and how many home runs do you hit. Yeah, that's and what I- that's a and that and that's a that's a bad equation, uh, in my opinion, because there's so much more to the game. And, uh, I mean, I'll give you a prime example. And uh, I quickly became a Phillies fan when Bryce signed, and I'm even more of a Phillies fan. I'm a diehard Pirate fan, so, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a miserable guy. But, um, but the first round, the, the wild card round, and the yeah. Phillies laid down three sack punts in the first game. Um, I'm a fan because they're playing baseball. That's it, and no. you know what? You know what? That's but and you that that's exactly what I was looking for because you nailed that, and I know you expressed that to me, Sam. And we're up against it, so I really appreciate it, um, and appreciate everything that you've always done. And uh, do me a favor, say hi to Don. 
Donna, Charlie, and Ralphie. Sam Thomas, coach at Las Vegas High School. He'll be cheering for the Las Vegas Phillies. Willie and Cofield, we're at Silver Sevens.